Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to part five of our six-part series on our new book, Breaking Up with People-Pleasing. Is that okay? Uh, My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm here with my friend and co-author, Andrea Seidel, and we are going to talk today about chapter five of this book. Um, If you have not listened to parts one through four, I would recommend going back and listening to those because we will likely reference back to those throughout our conversation today. But with each part, we are just giving a little taste, a little overview of each chapter of the book. And so if you hear something that you love, if you hear something you want to learn more about, um, we will put a link for you to be able to get your own copy of the book in the show notes. Yay. And as it says on the title of like the cover of our book, a manual for ditching the exhaustion of people pleasing and falling in love with yourself. And that is a wonderful segue to go into what it is we're going to talk about today. So basically, like, how do I please myself? It's like we spend so much energy and effort pleasing others and 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 not able to say no to people and just like, you know, trying to make ends meet and, you know, jumping over backwards so that everybody accepts us and loves us that that can become really exhausting. And sometimes we even lose sight of what our own needs might be. I know when I was in a relationship of loving someone with an addiction, it's like his world, you know, and all his needs became my top priority, like to the point where I was trying to make him the food he liked so that he would actually eat dinner. But now I know why he didn't have an appetite. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, it's like, oh, but what, what does Andrea want to eat? You know, so it's really important in this chapter, you're going to love it because we're going to talk about connecting to your own needs and setting your own priorities, reestablishing your desires, your joy, your passion, as well as taking back control of your life with your habits, with your rituals and your self-care It's really, really a wonderful chapter. And it's like, you know, as, as a positive psychology practitioner and coach, this to me is the section that I just love because these are small little things that we can do that remind us that we're important, that we're worthy of special care and that we're worthy and that we can please ourselves. And so I really like this. I feel like this is the one that helps us climb out of that hole. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, especially because, you know, in the first, the first couple chapters, it's like, okay, we're like, okay, what is, what is people pleasing? Oh, now we're going to really explore like, why do I do this? Which I feel like can get for some people can go to a bit of a dark place. (laughs) That that self-exploration can be a little bit like, oh no, like, why am I doing this? This is really, this doesn't feel great. And now we're kind of emerging into the piece where we are looking at, you know, what are the tangible strategies? What are the takeaways? We've done a lot of reflecting, We've, we've looked at a lot of the phenomenon of why this might be happening. And now we are moving into, you know, this chapter is, is all tangible steps 
right? These are all, it's just full of nuggets. Exactly. Which is so great. And yes, also as a coach, this is the kind of stuff that I just love. And, you know, I think it's so important because as people pleasers, we so often, I mean, when I work with clients, often when I first meet a client, there is sort of this moment of, you know, well, what's important to you? How are you taking care of yourself? What are you doing that's just for you that brings you joy? And when somebody has been living as a people pleaser for a long time, there's often just this complete disconnection, as you were mentioning, Andrea, from like what it is that actually pleases us or brings us joy or makes us happy because there has been such a focus and overemphasis on others that it becomes easier just to kind of ignore that intuition about what we want and just kind of shut it off or, or, or mute it a little bit. And so it's really about the work of reconnecting to that, right? Learning how to listen to your own intuition and your own needs. And so I love this chapter too. There's lots of really great practices in here. So here we go. We're going to turn up the volume on our own needs and set ourselves as a priority. So yeah, so I think that we also need to bring up this idea of good boundaries and the ability to set ourselves as a priority and set our needs as a priority to help us to build that sense of safety and autonomy in our life. Um, So what are your needs? Like what, if you think about, if you step back and think, I know what I do in my morning practice. One of the things I do is I tap in um, to what am I feeling? What am I needing? What am I wanting? And that practice alone, I don't even know if we included that in the book. There's a bonus for you, (laughs) but that (laughs) practice alone is so wonderful because it's like, Oh yeah, what what is it that I'd like? Or um, I I know sometimes what I'll do too is I'll, I'll pause in a moment when I realize that I can influence and I can help make a decision. It's like what what movie do you guys want to watch? It's like normally oh anything you want to watch. You no, know? and then I'm like actually what movie would I like to watch? It's almost like yes. reconnecting inward, right? Who and and connecting to what it is that excites you. What are your passions? And some of the things that I I loved addressing and I talked about too is thinking about your true desire your true joys like what is it like who are you when nobody's watching when you wake up in the morning on Saturday what are you doing what Instagram feeds are you looking at what magazines are on your counter right is like reconnecting to what it is those things that you love that you are passionate about that you used to love doing perhaps when you were a child yeah I love that. And I love this question of, you know, sort of, and there's this whole list of questions in here to sort of ask yourself to get the juices flowing around this, right? Because for some people, again, the answer to the question, what are you passionate about might be, well, Andrea, I don't know, like, I have no idea, right? But so we've got some prompting questions here. And I think this idea of, you know, who are you when no one's looking? Or what, what do you like to do when no one's looking is so important, not only for the type of people pleasers who maybe are nurturers, or caretakers, right, who focus on making other people happy. But also, you know, there's a version of people pleasing that looks a lot like perfectionism or like performing. So the kind of people pleaser who, you know, maybe it's not necessarily showing up so much as caretaking, but just really being invested in what other people think of you Mm -hmm. and really, you know, wanting to project a certain image because you think that's how you'll be liked. And so not, you know, what you think other people would want you to do, right? Not what you think is the thing you should like or the thing that you're supposed to be passionate about. I'm doing heavy air quotes, which I'm realizing only Andrea can see because (laughs) this is audio, but you know, the things that, what are the things that you really enjoy? And those are the things that, you know, you're thinking about when no one is looking or you're doing when no one is looking. So I think that's really important taking away other people's 
perception from the equation and really looking inward. Oh my God, that's so funny. It reminds me of someone said to me one time that my Instagram feed was terrible, that it's kind of all over the place that, you know, I could get really much more professional in my Instagram feed. Like if I wanted to represent like a a typical um, publishing company, because I also obviously publish books. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I actually took what they were saying. I'm thinking, should I take all my personal pictures down? And like, like, and then I just finally say, you know what? I'm breaking up with people pleasing. I actually enjoy my feed. I share my family, my kids, my life. I, I right. share, you know, the realness. I'll have silly videos where I'm like, actually, you know, just don't even look that great. Like right now, we just took a picture of us holding the books. I've got a bun on top of my hair. My hair is like a big Afro because I, you know, it's my, it's, so the reality is, is that it feels so good to be able to honor that. But I did take a moment where I was about to rebrand and hire this person to redo all my photos to make it look the way that everyone else is supposed to look, which brings us to this point that we make in the book too, that it's really taking time to differentiate yourself and find your uniqueness and find your own unique strength, because that is actually what's going to set you apart from everyone else. And that's what other people are going to value about you as well. And, and, And tapping into that will make you value yourself more as well too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, I think was as we think about too, the idea of kind of looking inward and listening to your intuition and pinpointing what you need, I think something that's been really important and something that I encourage clients to do as well is like, if you're, if you're still a little bit like overwhelmed by this question of like, just, you know, listen to your intuition, look at what you really need. If somebody's intuition maybe like, isn't so loud yet, or they're not able to hear it. I think something that can be really helpful too, is to you know, think about like who's in your inner circle, like who are the people that you really trust the people who, you know, are there for you and supportive of you and who, you know, will be honest with you. And you can always ask them for feedback on these things as well, right? If you're exploring kind of these questions of, you know, what are things that really light me up and bring me joy, and you're struggling to figure out those answers for yourself, sometimes asking another, like a trusted close person can be really helpful. Someone who really knows you well, and probably someone who knows you struggle with people pleasing, right? And somebody who can give you honest feedback about that. And, you know, or some, somebody who can give you honest feedback about what your strengths are, if you're having trouble seeing those and recognizing those within yourself, right? It's also okay to start with, you know, a trusted source. This isn't necessarily, you know, crowdsourcing from everyone, you know, you tell me what's good about me, but this is from somebody like you, that you really trust who, you know, will be honest with you. Yeah. And what they value about you. Cause sometimes we forget, we just have to tap in. It's like, you could, I I remember I have had a coach too. And uh, he suggested to me, like pick five people and just ask them to send you back an email telling what they admire about you. And let's look at that. So then when I saw him again, I had to read him what everybody was saying. (laughs) And I literally broke down in tears. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause it touched my heart because that is the person that I am. Right. And so um, I do, I love that suggestion, Aubrey. And I think you do make it in the book. It's just kind of tapping in back into like your strength and your resources and the value that you have and bring to this world. Um, yes. And then of course we go into all the ideas of typical self-care, making time for it, like taking back your power with, you know, what are your habits? What are some rituals that really help you? What is your self-care? Like, is it getting to bed at, at a certain time, doing sleep hygiene, rest, or getting outside into nature or just 
you know, all those kind of things like, you know, um, connecting with people that make you feel special, that actually accept you for who you are. And um, so it's kind of like creating that wonderful self-care puzzle. Yes, I love that. And I think, you know, bedtime, bedtime ritual jumps out to me for a lot of reasons. Like I'm, I'm very serious about like bedtime and sleep and all of that. Like, and that's something that has been over the last several years of my life. I've sort of like curated my bedtime routine. And I'm thinking about like the other day, um, you know, I had a friend ask about my bedtime routine and was describing, you know, it's like, it's, there's a lot of steps and there's, you know, there's, it's a very ritualistic practice. And I think we, I think we think of things like I, you know, I have a client who I was talking to about self-care and the first thing that she kind of jumped to was like, well, I, you know, go, I take myself to, you know, get my nails done or I like to the bubble bath. Bath bath. (laughs) Exactly. And like stuff that we think of as, and like those things can be self-care certainly, but like I'm to me. And when I was speaking to this client in particular, I was like, no, 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 babe, like your basic needs, like, are you feeding yourself? Like, are you feeding your body foods that feel nourishing? Are you sleeping? Like, period. Are you sleeping an appropriate amount? Right. Are you getting fresh air? Exactly. It's things that are our basic needs that are really important self-care. And those are things that we can, you know, kind of really focus in on and make meaningful. And, you know, in this chapter, there are kind of some tips and concrete, tangible ways that we can do that. But I think it's really important to remember that, you know, self-care can be the kind of adding on extra things or a treat yourself moment. And like those things are real and those are important too. But I think it can also be, how am I meeting my body's basic needs? Mm -hmm. Which I think is something that we can forget about, especially when we're in, you know, like I think about when I was, I also, you know, Andrea, you know, this have had the experience of loving someone with an addiction and like, I was certainly not taking care of myself during that time. I was very focused on what he needed and making sure he was okay. Was he sleeping? Was he eating all of those things? And (laughs) I got forgotten about by myself in all of that. Right. And so I think some, sometimes the foundational place to start is like, are my basic human needs being met? And how can I meet them in a way that's like, even a little more like yummy and luxurious, but it's still about, I mean, ultimately it's about bedtime. It's about sleep. It's not anything super intense or out there. Oh, it's so true. But it's so necessary because we have been putting other people's needs above our own. You know, it it could be as simple as, you know what, taking time to really rub, you know, night cream underneath our eyes, like, you know, and maybe use like an affirmation. And I I take those dry erase markers and I write on my mirror all the time, different quotes, different affirmations every every week. So I don't get used to them. And, um, and you know, those things, they all matter. Maybe you say them while you're brushing your teeth or say them while you're rubbing that cream on your eyes or like little tiny things. We have to start small, um, really recognizing what we're needing. If even if you don't know yet, um, just tapping into the basic needs, like you're saying is a great place to start or just getting out and taking deep breaths on a walk or, you know, those, the self-care is, is more than like we said, bath balls, even though those are nice sometimes. Um, and, uh, yeah, getting sleep and, and the the other, um, wonderful tool to help build self-worth and self-efficacy, feeling like you have control over your world and, um, influence on your environment and your happiness is to practice gratitude. And there's been Mm -hmm. so many 
studies that show that the emotion of gratitude, the positive emotion of gratitude creates what's called an upward spiral where we can broaden and build. And it's so important for us to practice gratitude because sometimes we can get caught up in negative emotions. And um, yeah. these positive emotions make us feel better and they help to build our, our self-worth and and. And so a gratitude practice, you know, even can be interwoven into that bedtime ritual, right? Like three good things that happened today. Yes, I love that. And I think the power of that too, is that, you know, having a practice where you have, you know, whatever the gratitude practice is, having a time that you are holding yourself accountable to naming something that you're grateful for, you know, the way I've seen it done is that basically, and the way I practice it myself is that you know, for me, it's usually five good things, you know, five things I'm grateful for. But the key is that those, those five things have to be specific moments that have happened since the last time I did the gratitude practice. So I you know, cause I think for some people it's like you could, and that this is not to say these are not things to be grateful for, but some people will say like my family, my health, yeah. my home, you know, which is like, sure. I, yes, be grateful for those things. Absolutely. But if you're just writing those same things every day, it starts to lose meaning. Whereas if I'm writing, you know, the amazing hug that my daughter gave me before she got on the bus today, or, you know, my wife asking me to take a walk with her to go get coffee, right? Having those specific moments also means that I know that I'm going to have to kind of list them at the end of the day. So I'm looking out for them throughout the day, right? You're actively seeking those moments. And that's not to say you're making it like an assignment necessarily, but you're, you're actively looking for those things. and, And that also changes your entire perspective and mindset in a way that is, is really, really powerful. Yes. And also it's a confirmation bias. So in psychology, we have this thing when we focus on something, we'll look at our environment to confirm what we're thinking. And so if we're like knowing that we have to, you know, or that we would, we choose to not have to, that we want to look for good things. It's amazing. In the positive psychology world, we always start our conversations with what's good. And then people share their good things that what's good. And it's not pretending bad things don't happen, but it's directing your attention on the things, the positive emotions, and the positive things in your life. Yes. And gratitude is shown to really evoke. And the other thing you can do, which I love that you were bringing up too, is this idea of savoring it and luxuriating in mm-hmm. these positive emotions. So it's almost like making yes. them more sticky, make them stick around as long as you can. So instead of just saying, oh, I'm happy for my house. I'm thankful for this, this, this. You can also say, okay, I, I loved that hug that my daughter gave me before I w- she went on the bus. And then you can add why. You can say what you're grateful for and why almost like stretch it out. It's just like, because it made me feel like such a good mom. It just warmed my heart. And the fact that she's just expressing so much love to me in front of everybody, it Mm -hmm. just, you know, made me feel so good and just so happy to have her in my life. And like, see how you just drag it out, like her little hands and arms wrapped around me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I know like you foster children. So like you could go down a whole beautiful rabbit hole, but a beautiful rabbit hole um, in terms of you know the the love that you have in that household so um it's really about luxuriating savoring reminiscing reminiscing actually we can go back to good times and kind of think through the good times and that also helps to bring about those positive emotions and or think about times that you showed up and you were really you know in a, a great place or you made a good difference you know and, and yeah. what strengths did you use can help build that self-worth as well Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think that's so important. And so, you know, as we look at this chapter, really, we are, you know, focusing on two things, mainly, you know, the fact that as a people pleaser, we often get disconnected from our own needs, our own, you know, sense of meaning, the things that bring us joy, independent of what we can do or offer for other people, right? And so it's really key to get clear on what those things are for you, to be able to connect to the things that bring you joy, bring you pleasure, make you happy, and what you need. And then, you know, really, there's a big focus, as we just mentioned in this chapter on gratitude, lots of specific gratitude practices, reflection questions, because ultimately, having a gratitude practice is going to help you to become more aware of the things in your life that bring you joy is going to help you tap into places that you can source energy, and protect that energy, right. And so ultimately, you know, you're not going to stop being someone who cares about others and who wants to pour into others. Um, that is not the goal of this book, but it's ultimately for you to be able to do so while also remaining energized and well yourself. And a gratitude practice is a really central part of that. Yay. So true. Well, that you summarize things so nicely, Aubrey, always. Thanks. <laughs> and it helps that we have key <laughs> takeaways at the end of every chapter. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So you will, you will always know (laughs) what the summary is. That's wonderful. So we are going to delve in, in our next episode, uh, chapter six, which is about how do we thrive in our relationships? So of course, people pleasing involves other people. So this is a wonderful opportunity to just jump into looking at relationships from the perspective of people pleasing and breaking up with people pleasing. So I'm so excited. So make sure you join us in this next, our final last episode of this whole series, breaking up with people pleasing. Is that okay? Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.